Okay, so here's the cold open, right? The setup is this. It was it was it was a cataclysmic weekend on Twitter. And um Define I've cataclysm, David. And I'm getting called out for it. Okay. I, I, and oh uh, boohoo, the funny <laughs> website it's is on a, fire. A this, we should be so blessed if that's the worst part of our day. <laughs> you had a much needed break, is what you did. Okay, we all Can did. I tell you? Okay, so let's yeah. let's let's uh let's let's put a name to it. All right, I, no. I deleted my Twitter, and um, I think I'm in the right. I think that it was the right let's thing to do. And what makes me think that? Are you back, guys? No, no. And what makes me think that is that yesterday I didn't even try to open it one time, and at ten o'clock at night I realized that I hadn't even tried. Guys, seventy-two hours is all it takes. Yeah. To to, to excise. I don't want to, to leave. To to to. Yeah. to to, I don't to uh, what is it? Cessate, cessate, cessation, whatever, to remove it from yeah. your fucking DNA. I That's all it takes. One, two. I don't want to. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. I think Elon Musk is the best thing that happened in Twitter. Yes. A, because oh, it's funnier than ever. B, we get to laugh at billionaires and how stupid they are and incompetent. Because, I mean, the guy does suck at it. C, what happened, what happened on Twitter Saturday is. was good. I mean, Hey, we all got a needed break. It was hilarious. See, everything's back to normal. You don't need to log in to see the tweets. You no rate limit. The guy forgot to pay his Google domain. I'm sorry. <laughs> we all don't put automatic pay on everything, David. Okay, it could happen to you. It could happen to me. I know. I have some. I have some. Um, I have some. Oh, uh, there's, some there's, compassion there's... for back when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I wasn't as when I was a broke boy like Elon. I remember. And like David, I used look, to. Have to Time out my payments. Yeah. I got, I got a uh, a blue sky invite. I'm on it now. It is boring. It Wh- is. Why don't you invite me? I've been begging people to invite me to blue it's, sky. It's, it's not great. For I mean, libs. maybe it'll get better. It's but it's, for it's, libs. it's just a bunch of like libs. It's just a bunch of like Democrats the in there. And like, sure, it's like a bunch of people that somewhat think like me. But I, I want the fight. I don't I want even the want the fight. I want, I the, want the embarrassment. I want to go on and see. Yes, I want to see. Because that's the yes. thing is, we were talking about like how much of politics is, how much of politics has been foreclosed upon since Biden's victory, and what used to feel possible now feels less so. You can still watch them cry, laugh, emoji themselves into oblivion. You can still tell them to go fuck themselves. You can post this picture and five people will see it you're telling me there's a no, there's a better website than that what is there's not what have i missed guys you, I, mean, I don't mean that in a snarky way i mean like i just I, showed you what you is missed. that the thing that's going on the diddy kong right now or like what is that i'm making this yeah. happen this is me <laughs> you're just this is what i'm doing a, <laughs> you have a png you have a vector image yes. of what's just for the for the folks at home of lanky kong of lanky kong i'm sorry i don't know yeah all the Kongs. yeah um, well that you would know if you saw the super mario brothers movie of which the twitter I discourse was more in, yeah and the twitter discourse was more interesting than the actual yeah. movie okay. I- I'll tell you what you missed. So yesterday there was a huge subsection of Twitter just going insane because apparently one screen grab from the Barbie movie has the nine dash line that depicts the South China, most of the South China Sea being uh, under uh, control of China, including uh, maritime areas that should be or are supposed to be under Vietnamese control. So Vietnam banned the Barbie movie and you had 
a bunch of like Republicans being like anti-China, a bunch of like libs, you know, defending Barbie. You had like a Vietnamese section of like Twitter just going nuts, being like, this is a disgrace that they, you know, defending Vietnam, uh, banning uh, Barbie. And it was great. Well, you was, guys and then have, you saw the actual screen grab and it's ridiculous. Tomas, what you're describing as a uh, bait or as a lure for me to come back on this site sounds precisely like the kind of thing that I don't want to like, I just like, I don't want that in my, I don't want that in my head anymore. You know what? You guys have big, beautiful, like, um, uh, uh, like robust yeah. brains that only have like 30 years of uh-huh. 30 years of pollution in them. I've got 50% more you're carry, pollution. In you're my carrying, brain. I'm full, you I'm, are carrying brain baggage. You need to let your brain baggage go. No, I've got 50% you're, more than you. you what like memories of my mother's face when I was a child? Like what am I gonna look about? Not on Twitter. <laughs> Not on Twitter. Okay, another thing that you missed. Elon got like ratioed by like an account that had like oh, five thousand followers. Yeah. Literally had like less than one percent, like less than zero point zero zero one percent of his followers. And he got for, ratioed. For, for what? Saturday. Like what was the context? What happened? What oh, the fuck? Oh, it was the, the, his the, Google domain and lying about it. And that's funny. And that could that's that's only magic that happens on Twitter, dude. Like it, it's magic. There's a th- it's it's a coffee syndrome for me. I hate, I hate the idea. I hate the feeling. I hate the gravity mm. of in my life. I've come. I've walked right up to the cliff of like severe addiction. Like there was mm-hmm. there was times when I was partying in Vegas in my twenties a long time ago. When I was, let me mm-hmm. just say, like there was a time when I sure. felt very close to becoming addicted. Um, to multiple sure. things. There was a time when I felt really close and probably was addicted to gambling. I know I'm addicted mm-hmm. to coffee right now. It, like like okay. most, you know, Latino men. And like I hate the feeling of knowing that something fucking pointless has a hold on me. And it was almost like it was like that one little push that you need. And I knew that he would figure it out and pay his fucking domain. I didn't know what the bullshit story would end up being, but I knew that there was some real story, like the Google domain story behind it. it so I knew that whatever the bullshit was, like the the oh we're we're getting AI is is fucking double penetrating us in the ass and and the pussy over and over. We mm-hmm. can't like we can't stop him from doing it. And that's I knew that that was bullshit immediately. I was like, whatever he's saying, there's no fucking way that's mm-hmm. right. It was so funny. Yeah. Yes, but to to watch him bullshit (laughs) on purpose was fun. Everybody knew it was a lie. Even like the stuff was a lie. Everybody knew. Everybody was mad. Everybody was mad. (laughs) To say nothing would have been better. But he couldn't help himself. Like, damn, I don't know what's going on, guys. It's something. Unlike unlike our politics, where you could like push and pressure, and you don't really get anywhere. Like you actually get results. Like the mob actually gets results on Twitter. Yeah. Bullying yeah, works yeah. Uh, to, to Bullying my co-hosts works. ever loving or ever, ever, yeah. ever, you know, his, his, his constant credit and his, he, he his philosophy is correct. So that bullying da- David, work. David, we cannot have this. So, so and here's uh, me getting bullied. If you need a break, I'm getting bullied now. If, getting no, if you need a, <laughs> this, if you need a break, if, if I would never tell someone that they should continue doing something that they feel has a hold over them, I would, I would. never do that. But I would say, <laughs> You need whatever it is that you feel like Twitter has a hold over you. You need to let go of that and then get back on. No, fuck that. Because it get yeah, back no. on. We are not, we are. This segment needs to be getting back on. <laughs> this is like um, 
in Dragon Ball Z in the beginning when Gohan had to like learn how to fend for himself against the dinosaurs yeah. and the robots. I was robots. thinking and that that's exactly what this yes, is like. Yeah. Yes. Go through whatever emotional journey yep. you're on right now, but you need to come back ready to fight the Saiyans because they are on their way in space David, to our you planet. Need to get back I, need you, I need an ascended David. You need to get back on this toxic app. This is an app that has like 250 million users. It's like minuscule. And somehow it like yeah. just has this insane absurd influence over you like see this in the, in the, in the time i've been able to Get build i've been able to build a bed i built a bed like i have like mm-hmm. all this extra time now it's but nothing nothing was stopping you from building a bed yeah. when you were also, on twitter like, would you rather be building a bed or posting also that bed is in really bad shape like i haven't really i'm only like 30 percent done that with is it. a question it's honestly. kicking my ass yeah, look <laughs> deep inside of you. Would you rather okay. be building a bed? What am I supposed to do with all of this shit? What the fuck is this? Don't this is all all the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> David, this is energy that could all be put into posting. This is posting energy yeah, that you're posters, exuding right now. Like, Twitter is the ultimate poster app. <sighs> So am I gonna have to do the like I'm getting too old for this shit and like throw like one more job type thing like a like yeah no. I'm, I'm, the, I'm yeah. the fucking I'm the oh my god who is it the old guy uh, in uh, in Ocean's Eleven who's like who's playing who's like betting on the on the dogs at Flagler Dog Track and Danny Ocean's like come on you got one more job in you okay know? this this is this is a nice compromise I'm too old for this. yeah activate your 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 Twitter again. Delete, yes. delete the app from your phone. You can only use it in the desktop. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll do yeah. that. I'll do that. Yeah. No notifications. The, the no. Art of the deal, baby. The no itch to scratch. So I tell them, I says, just delete it on your phone. Don't, don't have it on the phone. That's where they get you on the phone. But, <laughs> but look, I will say this, though. Like, have you guys not noticed, and I get that you guys are the, you're playing the part of the evangelists right now, but like, have yeah. you guys not noticed, like, the, the, the symmetry of the way that the, the new blue checks work? Where, like, other blue checks were like, okay, this guy's like a columnist for The Economist or some shit. And it's like, he's annoying mm-hmm. in his own way, or he's like some, some dude from sure. Bloomberg Views, Noah, Noah, Noah having opinions or whatever. And like, but at least it's like, I don't know. There's some vegetable matter in there. And what the people who have the blue checks now, it's, it's, I mean, even beer is at least it's beer, it's empty calories, but it's beer. The people who have the blue checks now are just, it's trash. It's like eating, I don't know, like really bad tofu. It's the worst shit, man. Mm -hmm. Like that's the part I kept trying to block and block and block and block. And that, if it wasn't for this this fucking strategy of putting the very dumbest motherfuckers at the top of every reply, it would be like a I don't know maybe just like a a, a, a markedly better experience. That's a, that's the, the, you know the, what? the one that made I, it I so shitty lately. I disagree because there's obvi- what it shows to me is there's no density of Twitter blue users because on every post it'll only be yeah, like same ones two. Two to two to two to five rep- five max like it's two to three, so you scroll past these three dumbasses and every everyone's reply is there and everybody gets to dunk on the Twitter blue guys. I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I, like I don't know. I, I I'm not bothered by it at all. I think it's funny. And and like the funniest part is all the Twitter blue users who have like two hundred to like a thousand followers, like nothing. Yeah. And they're all like super fucking mad that like they're they're not experiencing any growth. 
So it's not like Twitter Blue is even like it's not doing anything. Like all it's, it's just doing pollution. Is, it's just pollution. It's but it like, always was pollution. It always yeah. was pollution. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. The, the, the problem with these conversations is like when you cast the net wide enough, you realize like it's fucking, it's just all pollution. It's just all fucking. Yes, trash. and we're swimming, we're swimming in, it, in it. And we will, that's how we get stronger. We get stronger by swimming. Yes. All right. Yes. So, yeah, follow me at David underscore Quinones. Let's fucking go. There you go. And we're back. It's a Why We Like This, the only podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene it is. I'm your host, David Quinones. As of one hour ago, I am back on Twitter. The, the fellas won. I already feel worse. Um, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, the high follower count to my reply guy, Tomas Kennedy. Hello, Tomas. What's up, man? Well, bad day to come back on Twitter because everyone is leaving today. So <laughs> I noticed that. I saw yeah. I saw the the movement. There was a heavy it was like it was like getting there late to Black Friday and yeah. the shelves are all empty and everything. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Gerald had to give us the old Irish goodbye as he is heading off to the Emerald Island to commune with his ancestors. Uh he had to head off to the airport, but we are soldiering on. Our guest today was once a bulwark against the worst inclinations of our state legislature, and with some hard work and a bit of luck, he will be again. As the first openly gay Latino elected to the Florida legislature in 2016, he was the founding member of the Florida Legislative Progressive Caucus and was a progressive voice on crucial issues like education, gun control. He even helped us get medical marijuana legalized. Thank God for that. And uh, now he is now a candidate for Florida Senate. And if the monumental undertaking that is repairing this dysfunctional state is to be undertaken, he is going to be a crucial part of it. Carlos Guillermo Smith, welcome to Why Are We Like This? Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. So as a former lawmaker, future lawmaker in the Florida House, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this legislative session, which really seems like the most toxic and harmful in recent memory. And we've been talking about this a lot on the show. We've gone back and forth on it, but it was all theoretical during the episodes. And this is the first episode that we're recording where the state is different. Like the, the laws went into effect on July 2nd. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe you can help us kind of have a 10,000 foot view and just put a capstone on this session. Give us your perspective as I, I know it must be strange as an outsider watching all of this go on while you're trying to affect change must have been really frustrating. And I'm just curious what your experience was and what you think of this most recent session. Very frustrating indeed. Well, I mean, now we all fully understand what Republicans are capable of when they have a supermajority in both chambers and are in control of the governor's mansion and all of the state agencies and departments that come with it. They impose an extreme agenda that targets marginalized communities for the purpose of promoting someone's campaign for president of the United States while the real issues get ignored. You know, what the legislature has done in this legislative session is they have taken our state in a dangerous direction. Uh, Families are being gouged out of affordable housing. We have millions in Florida who are without healthcare and actively getting pushed off the Medicaid rolls We have a massive public school teacher shortage that has been made worse by a supermajority led by Ron DeSantis that has politicized our classrooms and turned them into political battlefields while the real issues go unaddressed. We have real problems and real crises in the state of Florida that are impacting working people 
But rather than focus on solving those problems, we have a legislature that's really just obsessed with culture wars and solving problems that do not exist. And I really, uh, you know, a lot of times I use, we all use the term culture war, which kind of implies that it's just a silly political sideshow where politicians are trying to score points and there's no real consequences. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. The so-called culture wars are actually ruining people's lives, uh, whether they be immigrant families who are scared and becoming displaced from their communities because of draconian anti-immigration laws that hurt our state, whether it is LGBTQ families and allies who have to face tough decisions about whether they're going to leave their home and flee the so-called free state of Florida to another state uh, in order to protect their own freedoms, their own rights, and their own uh, safeties, or whether it's women who, uh, if they find themselves in a unintended pregnancy after six weeks, effectively will be required by the DeSantis regime, also known as state government, to carry that pregnancy to term against their will. Um, these culture wars are ruining people's lives and they're wrecking the economy. I'm running uh, to represent Central Florida Senate District 17 in the Florida Senate, a district that just lost a $1 billion, billion with a B, economic development plan that was uh, planned by Walt Disney World uh, that they pulled the plug on because of DeSantis and all his crazy. So it goes beyond just uh, silly sideshows. Again, it's ruining people's lives and actually uh, we have to pay the price economically as well for everything that they have done in the last year. That's that's an interesting dichotomy. Like I, people I think tend to, I, I think it's almost like a trap that a lot of times well-intended liberals or Democrats tend to fall down the, the, um, this, the, uh, the, the path of, oh, well, you know, this has an economic impact and, you know, these things actually have practical concerns. And not enough is said, I think, about the real human cost. It's almost like I, I think back about the news cycles when we were talking about um, immigrants, uh, undocumented people leaving Florida. And we were everybody was so focused on the economics. Oh, economic impact. These apartments, these complexes aren't going to get built. All these, and it's like, yeah, that's important. But there's a, a trail of people's lives, like real people that have hearts just like you, that live just like you, that have family just like you, and they're they're wrecked. And for some reason, it's almost like where we kind of like the caveat is like, oh, well, I know that you don't care about these people, but there's there's money at stake too, you know? And I, I wonder how you have to balance that when you are out there talking to people. Like I, I, it's it's almost like it's an opportunity on one hand, but it's, it's almost a threat too on the other because – you don't know if they're going to be if, if they'll be maybe a little more discordant with that message. Well, if the uh, the human uh, impact of so many of these hateful and draconian laws isn't enough, it really is important to to talk about the economics of it all because so many so many people um, don't think about the consequences of these types of policies unless it impacts them 
directly. Um, and it's really sad because, you know, the, the culture wars themselves are really class wars. Uh, it, you hear about this with abortion access all the time because it's true how restrictions on abortion uh, impact people of color and low-income women the most. That's true. They're the ones that suffer the consequences. It's uh, folks who are more privileged, who are able to leave the state of Florida, for example, if they need to uh, get access to abortion services and won't think twice about it. It's an inconvenience, but they have the resources to do that um, versus low-income women are not likely to have those resources. The same thing is the case with LGBT people. I'm asked all the time, so why are you staying in Florida? You know, what is, uh, you know, are you, are, are you, are, are you staying, yeah. you know, for, for, for what reason, or, you know, you can just leave. Well, it's easy to tell people to just leave. I, I, I will actually say that myself and my husband, Jarek, uh, we, we stay because we want to fight this extreme agenda. And we know that it is going to require people staying and being a part of this fight. But the fact that I'm able to do that is, is, uh, is, a, is a privilege that m- me and my family have. We, it's a privilege because we can stay and fight. It's a privilege because, let's say, we don't have, uh, because we don't have kids in the public school uh, and they are not impacted by the Don't Say LGBTQ law now expanded to 12th grade. Uh, that sends a terrible message uh, about who they are, or who their family is, or who their two dads or their two moms are. We we don't have that to consider. Oh, we're also cisgender, and we've not had life saving healthcare the way trans folks have had, uh, in many ways, effectively revoked from them because of these hateful laws meant to restrict access for trans people. But I say that from a point of privilege that we can stay and fight these fights, but not everyone can. And for those who are facing the brunt of it, whether they have, uh, whether they are transgender themselves uh, and they have struggled to safely exist in the state as a result of these policies, or perhaps they have a a transgender child or or, um, non-binary child in their household that they're sending to school that they accept and they affirm, uh, it's not as easy for them to quit their jobs, yank all of their kids out of school and move to another state because things just got really bad here. That That's not something that people can do. So, so when these laws are imposed and they have serious consequences on the health and safety of individuals and their families, uh, it, it comes, it comes at a high cost. Uh, I'm going to derail the conversation a little bit. I think it's related, but I I need to ask you about this uh, because, you know, last week, or I think it was this week, actually, the DeSantis War Room Twitter account, which is, you know, affiliated with this campaign. This is not his pack. People need to understand this is not his pack. These are not his fans. This is his, like, campaign. And that War Room account is run by Christina Pusha and other staffers was, was form, formerly in his official government side. Like, right, he, she was his press secretary. They released what I think is, and I've been around, I've been doing this for almost a decade now, and I've been looking at politics for, for longer than that. I think the most insane, unhinged campaign ad that I've ever seen by a major 
political figure in this country. If Caitlyn Jenner were to walk into Trump Tower and want to use the bathroom, you would be fine with her using any bathroom she chooses. That is correct. In the future, can transgender women compete in this universe? Yes. Make America great again. Psych! just produced some of the harshest, most draconian laws that literally threaten trans existence. Congratulations, Ron DeSantis. Mission accomplished. You win. But when you saw this video, like, as, as somebody who has been so prominent in LGBTQ issues, in other issues that intersect with LGBTQ issues, and as an incredibly prominent LGBTQ law- lawmaker in this state, like, what, what was your reaction to that? Because... Again, this was the most homophobic, hateful thing I've seen by a major political figure in politics in the United States ever, honestly. Maybe maybe there's more, but like I was just shocked. And and it, it takes a lot to shock me. It was it was shameful and disgusting and bigoted and homophobic and transphobic and totally on brand for Ron DeSantis. Totally on brand. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's just talk about how first for for those who haven't seen it, it's it's a bizarre mix of homophobic and homoerotic yeah. themes yeah. that makes you kind of wonder what's going on here. Not it's really about, sure. Yeah, it, it's about like but, 20% too online. Like, be, like it's so made for such a weird audience that would, uh, that would like see this and, and get it or even like receive it. Well, when it's, and it's very overt. And I, I told the Sentinel, the same thing I'll share with you, which is that, he he went from a position of gaslighting LGBT people generally uh, about his policies to now just uh, abandoning that and screaming his bigotry into a megaphone so that everyone can see him for what he is. And and it was Maya Angelou who said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Why didn't people believe Ron DeSantis? when he showed us who he was, when he vetoed critical funding for Pulse nightclub survivors. Who after does standing, that? After standing outside of the club with you and other other activists right, at the time. Right, after, after sacred ground where 49 mostly LGBTQ people of color were killed um, and looking at Pulse survivors like Brandon Wolf in the face and promising to never leave this community behind the two years later he would vindictively and without explanation veto critical mental health funding for post survivors and family members who does that what does it say about ron desantis that he took that action what does it say that he told a bold-faced lie to post survivors in in plain sight while the cameras were rolling and uh, and, and turn around and, and stabbed our community in the back and effectively declared war on us. What does it say about Ron DeSantis 
that in the video, he would criticize Trump for saying he'd protect LGBTQ people after the Pulse nightclub attack from terrorism. Uh, a horrific tragedy that happened in Ron DeSantis's own state to his own constituents that he would disparage Trump for saying that. Now, that was an empty promise that Trump made in order to score points at the time. But it, it, just, it just speaks to who Ron DeSantis is, which is frankly an awful person. And yeah. it, it's not a surprise to us. He's been doing this all along. How can people clutch their pearls? Like for example, log cabin Republicans yeah. and be like, oh my God, <laughs> this ventures into homophobia. Uh, I, well, we can't believe he would do this. What do you mean you can't believe he would do this? He's been doing it. Yeah, and, and, and you endorsed him. And, <laughs> and one of the hallmarks of fascist regimes in their propaganda is interposing these sort of like hyper-masculine, you know, images, you know, and news items. And again, propaganda pieces, right? And, and the video that we just played, you see, right? You see like men with suits smoking, you know, Patrick Bateman, which uh, that, that escapes me because that's a, a, mo the, a movie that critique of Wall Street culture and capitalism and toxic masculinity, but whatever. But the part that, you know, and I hate being the like, well, I'm actually guy, but, you know, it, it's interposed with these images of Achilles, you know, Brad Pitt's Ach Achilles in, um, in that movie, Troy. And Achilles and Patroclus were like gay lovers, which was very common in Greece. So they also don't know the material. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not only hateful, but it's also stupid and ignorant. But, you know, I also wanted to, again, I don't want to harp too much on this, but like my, because you're right, Carlos, we all knew who DeSantis was, right? We, and those who, of us who have been paying attention knew who he was right. before he was governor because we were paying attention to him as a congressman. But my mind doesn't go to Ron DeSantis per se because we've always known what a scumbag that guy is. But you've been in the legislature. You've interacted with, you know, with the lawmakers from both parties. I guess my, my question to you is how are the members of the Republican Party in the state legislature in both chambers receiving this. You're like, what is the reaction? Are they not embarrassed by this shit? Like, I passed his prologue. Uh, there's a level of cognitive dissonance where uh, they, uh, they'll acknowledge that it happened uh, and quietly uh, quietly say, oh, well, you know, that was really unfortunate and express some kind of disapproval. But then they're like, but, you know, uh, he is the best governor in America. Oh, and, yeah. and, they, and they go on with these uh, excuses and, and outright falsehoods uh, about his record as governor uh, to excuse um, their support for something that some of them are clearly embarrassed about supporting or being associated with. I mean, do, do you, what, what, what do you make of the analysis that, that was within the um, same Orlando Sentinel article that you were quoted in where um, several political pundits were making, making the observation that this reeks of desperation in a flailing presidential campaign. Uh, do you see that as being the case? I mean, do you, do you, I, I, it's so hard to like try to pin down, 
this guy is a cipher to me. I, I, I know that it's, it's almost as easy as understanding water because it just goes to the lowest point, but it's, it, it's also like, what is, what is the point? Like what, like usually it's like, it feels very cart before the horse where it's like, I'm going to have this bombastic presidential campaign. I'm going to be Ross Perot or some other disruptive character. And I have a point I'm trying to make. And this feels like the other way around where it's like, uh, I, I have some points I want to make, but mostly me. Just look at me, and like this is my campaign, and this really feels like the last desperate sort of narcissistic flailing. The word flailing, I highlighted it in the article, flailing attempts at, at a campaign. But what, what are your well, thoughts? Well, it can it can be all of these things. It can be desperate and an act of desperation from the campaign, but it can also be who he is uh, yeah. on the inside. Uh, and in the moment of desperation is where you're really seeing who who the guy is and what he represents. Um, it was before this video that I think folks could very easily say that Ron DeSantis sounds more like he's running against LGBTQ Americans than he's running for president because that is what he has been obsessed with. I as an LGBT lawmate, former lawmaker, and as one of the only queer out people that was serving in the Florida legislature, I, I was very personally frustrated by the fact that I always had to respond to everything that he was doing because uh, as, a, as a gay person, I have a responsibility to do that. And, you know, I certainly didn't make my responses about me but I felt like he was weirdly obsessed with our community. And, you know, folks would yeah. even ask me, Carlos, you're talking a lot about LGBTQ issues every time that I see you. You realize that there's a lot of other important issues, right? And I'd be like, yes, and I've been leading with those issues constantly on a daily basis. But I just want to point out that this legislature is actually obsessed with our community. They have nothing meaningful on the agenda except passing a bathroom bill, passing a bill to restrict transgender youth from being able to use their preferred pronouns in school or access health care and make life health, uh, more difficult for transgender adults who are on Medicaid. And let's go ahead and expand Don't Say Gay all the way to 12th grade. Oh, and we're not finished with that. Let's go ahead and put more book bans in place to ban books that have LGBTQ characters. Oh, and when we're done with that, let's make sure that the Board of Education passes new rules to make life harder for LGBT teachers. And then when we're done with that, let's go ahead and use the Department of Health to start developing bogus bullshit rules about healthcare to make life harder for trans people. They, they've been given this power and they've used it in the most obsessive, hateful way that it's just like, is, is this all he thinks about all day long? It's exhausting. So I, I want to ask you about that, actually. It's a two-part question. Because look, I, I've been going to the legislature, as you know, to do advocacy and lobbying for a little bit. And I remember the first time I went there, I felt really uncomfortable. You know, it really does feel like old Southern, good old boys club. Like, it, it feels like a place where I don't belong. And like, look, I, I'm like a heterosexual, like... You know, pretty white-looking Argentinian guy, like, you know, and even I was like, man, like, this is not my place, you know? So, uh, as an LGBTQ lawmaker who, you know, 
is is very outspoken and willing to fight. I'm sure it was a tough place to operate. But I guess my first part of the question is, in, in these LGBTQ issues and other issues as well, did you see like a, a pro like a progression of just like more extreme radical right wing like legislation, right? As, as DeSantis, you know, got like situated. And then my, the second part of my question is as this, which obviously I think we're going to agree that things got progressively more extreme, right? In, in the last few years through your tenure in, in the, in the house of representatives, do you think the fever will break? You know, if, because we you know in this podcast, we are fully invested in the belief that he is not going to be the nominee and it's going to come back into Florida pretty embarrassed. Like, do you think the fever will break? Do you think you'll see more dissent in the ranks, a more independent legislature? I hope so. I certainly hope so, because Republican lawmakers, with very few exceptions, have been more than willing to play the role of being DeSantis's, uh, you know, water, water boys, you know, that they, they're just... They're, they're yes people. They're yes people that are there uh, to never challenge him, to not be the separate but equal branch of government. They're, they're hopefully the riding his coattails. Is. They want to ride his coattails. Yeah. yeah, they want to ride his coattails. Oh, he's so popular. You know, we want to give him everything that he wants. Uh, and then there's there's a level of buy-in that into the extreme agenda that comes with that. You know, I can't speak for them, but that if, if they are voting yes on all of these bills, then they, they own those policies. And they, you know, if, if they can't explain their voting record to their, uh, their own children or their own grandchildren, then that's on them. Uh, you know, they, these, these are really, really hateful laws that are going to be uh, seen in history that, the history is not going to be very uh, favorable to, uh, and and I'm not just talking about anti-LGBT laws. You know, we're talking about the complete and total uh, loss of academic freedom uh, in higher education. I mean, look, we've got he has banned diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, programs in state universities and state colleges. Uh, he has restricted through that higher education law, certain topics from being included in curriculum in state universities, in state colleges. I thought this was about protecting the children. These are grown ass adults that he doesn't want hearing about uh, topics related to race or or gender or sexual orientation. What, what kind of society are we living in that these topics are censored in higher education of all places. And they wonder why we have a brain drain in Florida and all of these applications for uh, faculty, for academics, for professors in our state colleges and universities are going unfilled. What academic in their right mind wants to come teach college uh, or be a university professor in the state of Florida? None, none of them. I actually got into a PhD program uh, last year at FIU, fully funded. And one of the reasons why, the main reason why I ultimately decided not to pursue it was like, I don't want to be here four or five years and 
have to deal with that and do research here and operate in this That's, environment. You know, it was like a major life decision. It was one of, you know, you're at a crossroads. And ultimately I said, no, I don't want to do this in this state. So, yeah, you're completely right. Right. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, it, it does not have to be, we don't have to be in this place where, oh, well, you know, Florida is now a different state and there's nothing I can do. Oh, contraire. Uh, we just saw uh, definitive uh, sweeping election results in Jacksonville and in Duval County, where the Democratic candidate Donna Deegan was elected mayor of Jacksonville, where uh, nearly every single contested race in Duval County, which is traditionally a more conservative county, uh, more conservative part of Florida, Democrats won all the races. Uh, yeah. And this is just a few months after DeSantis wins his election by 19 percentage points. Uh, it has everything to do with the extreme agenda that the Republican supermajority has imposed on Florida uh, in this last year has everything to do with us having amazing uh, Democratic candidates at the local level who have focused on uh, local issues. And it has everything to do with enthusiasm from those voters and wanting to get out the vote. You know, one thing that I talk to people a lot about is the different level of energy and enthusiasm that I'm getting from voters in our area in Orlando for the 2024 election. Why? Because I remind them that in one ballot, on one ballot in November, if we do this right and put in the work, folks will be able to vote to protect abortion rights in the state constitution. They'll be able to vote to reelect the first Gen Z member of Congress, Maxwell Alejandro Frost, to send him back to D.C. They'll be able to vote to send Ana Escamani back to the state house, and they'll be able to vote to send me to the state Senate all on one ballot, which is something that is very uh, motivating, especially for young people in our area to be that enthusiastic about a ticket where they can not only be represented by people who reflect their values uh, and that care about solving real problems, but also that they'll be able to protect their rights on the same ballot as well. Yeah, Carlos, I actually, uh, man, boy, do I wish we had that in Miami, David, <laughs> that type of ticket. But um, Carlos, I, I actually want to give you some major props. Um, because, you know, you, you know, I work in immigration and you were such a champion on immigration issues during uh, your tenure in the House of Representatives. Like not only being outspoken and firm, but also just like an incredible like debater on the committees on the House floor, like just a, a bang up job every single time. Like just brilliant debate, Thank you. Um, cutting through the policy, exposing them having them contradict themselves, opening up like, you know, legal loopholes and weaknesses in the bills. But something that you said earlier made me think about this, which is you had people telling you, why are you focusing so much on the LGBTQ issues? And I'm sure as a Democrat that was outspoken on immigration issues, and I don't mean all Democrats because there's plenty of ones that stood with us, but I'm sure you had people saying, Carlos, why are you going so hard on this immigration stuff? You know, this is not a, you know, bread and butter issue. It's a little controversial. Like, why are you emphasizing it so much? Oh, first of all, props for always holding strong. But you have been vindicated, right? Because they have just passed the, the harshest anti-immigrant bill 
at the state level in Florida that we've seen nationwide, right? Yep. And SB 1718. And going back to an earlier point, not only has it left a trail of broken homes and families and people leaving their states and having their lives uprooted, it's actually literally destroying this, the state's economy. And it's not just immigration advocates that are saying, it's not just activists, it's not just immigrants, it's not just the news anymore, it's not just reporters, it's actual Republicans, right? I'm sure you've seen these videos of Representative Rick Roth and Alina Garcia and Juan Barquin, you know, begging immigrants to stay, saying, lying about the bill, saying that it's just only political bill, that there's no teeth on it, you know, begging these people to stay and work these jobs that nobody else wants to do. So, yeah, I mean, I guess what what's your thought on that? And, and it's a broad question. It's not just about immigration, but just this, like, propensity to just do harmful stuff that I'm not sure if they understand that it's harmful, but they're just willing to pull the, the trigger on these things for short term, you know, like uh, for a short term political dopamine hit, you know, and like little boost in their like campaigns for like, I guess, like a primary, but are like long term, very destructive. Yeah. I mean, look, the reality is, is that this is the equivalent of, you know, the dog finally catching up with the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they have been talking about uh, how they, they have wanted to impose these draconian anti-immigrant laws forever. And ev- every year they incrementally got closer and closer until they have uh, this, this terrible, terrible law that, has a real impact. People are rightfully scared. There's major consequences for folks that are not in compliance uh, with this law. And uh, I guess maybe Ron DeSantis didn't get the memo that there were nearly 800,000 undocumented people that live in the state of Florida and that we have a real uh, labor shortage in the state of Florida in a number of different industries and that actually immigrants are part of the solution to so many issues that we have in the state of Florida, to so many problems that need to be solved. Immigrants are such an important part of the solution, especially when it comes to uh, being able to fill these job shortages that we see in critical industries. And so, you know, it's, it's very... It's, it's really surreal to see some of those Republican lawmakers after they voted for it being like, oh, well, you know, we can always change this bill and, you know, we can always uh, go back and we can say, yeah, but a lot of the damage has been done. And I'm sure that there will be an effort to uh, uh, revise uh, some of these laws. But I'm going to be real. If people want to see some of these laws repealed, uh they need a Democratic majority in the Florida legislature to see a lot of this go away. We're not digging ourselves out of this hole uh, in the near future. One election cycle is not going to undo a lot of the damage that has been has been done. Whereas also litigation is a very real option as well. But I think it's important for folks to really get past whatever their their visceral knee jerk response is to the topic of immigration. Because that you know we heard debates in the legislature over years and years and years that never made any sense. You know, like last year when they started. Um, 
you know, making false accusations about uh, immigrants who were who were being human trafficked across the country uh, using our taxpayer money. You know, they would they would make these bullshit equivalencies where they'd be like, well, you know, folks just need to come the legal way. Hey, newsflash, uh, applying for asylum in the United States is a legal, a legal process. Problem. It's a legal process. And if you apply for asylum in the United States as an immigrant, regardless of what country you are coming from, until that determination has been made on whether your application is approved or it is rejected, it is legal for you to be in the United States while you are waiting for that. So uh, calling them illegal immigrants is not only wrong and hateful because no person is illegal it's factually incorrect i think that what you were talking about earlier though in terms of understanding who these people are becomes super important in this moment because desantis has even said that uh, that as president he would eliminate he would uh through just executive power fiat just eliminate birthright citizenship so all of this do that i know but all of this is part of an ideology that is like it's, it's almost like the, you know, I hate this phrase, but Overton window, right? Widening it. Like, oh, well, what's something that we can talk about that's crazy? And how, how long can we talk about it until it's not that crazy anymore? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it feels like it, at least, you know, we've been called the laboratory for the right down here in Florida. And it feels like, um, you know, there's, it's, it's a lot like, uh, like, like, um, like, uh, you know, JPL uh, from from California, the lab that kept it blowing up with uh, the rockets and stuff because they keep blowing up a lot of their experiments. But I mean, you know, the thing that scares me the most, and I'm wondering if you're encountering this on the on the campaign trail as you're meeting people, is I don't want to simplify it, but just calling it misinformation. It's more like just upside down reality, where the things that we're talking about right now. There's a right wing podcast out there that's talking about it in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And there there is just pure like the, I remember the, the, the narrative on social media in the first week going back to the um, to the the viral videos that that were taken of empty construction sites were people just straight up saying that's not happening. Yeah. It just it's not real. It doesn't exist. And it's like there's a video right here. There's a guy talking, giving context. There's multiple people narrating it and doing selfie videos. And it's 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 time stamped. It's Tuesday at eight thirty in the morning. Like it, no, it's and and I, well, it's, it's like the book bans. It's like the book bans. You know, De- DeSantis put out these very strong statements. We, we don't have book bans in Florida, and you know, people pulled up his most recent press release talking about all the books that they banned in Florida. What what do you mean it's not book bans? in florida you talked about it in the press release the same week and we've talked about this on the show the same week that 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 happened uh my company we were doing a um at a we were doing a, a charity event at a title one school where we were rebuilding their media center for them and uh and a colleague and i of mine uh, a colleague of mine and i stumbled into a back room and sure enough 10 copies of the biography of Malcolm X, 10 copies of of what you need to, on the elementary school level for like fifth and sixth graders, what you should know about HIV and AIDS. Like this isn't, you know, the communist manifesto. This is like informative. This is literature that I, in the 90s in public school, had access to when I was, you know, in elementary and middle. Like this is not, this should be fucking settled. And you're right. It's, 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 it's mind bending. It's like, well, no, that's not actually happening. I don't know. How do you even, 
I'm sure you must run up against that. Like, I, it's not a matter of debating. Yeah. It's a matter of, I don't know. It's I, like, I just want to say before I, uh, I pass it over to you, Carlos, this might be a controversial take, but I'm a bit of a free speech absolutist. Like, I fully believe within age of, you know, like uh, in, in an age appropriate way that people can understand, like kids can understand. But I think that kids should be exposed to all sorts of like political ideologies and history and they should be given proper context. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't try to hide from kids like atrocities and wrong things in our history and things that we got wrong and oppression and racism and everything bad that we did. Like we need to teach those things. We need to teach history. We need to teach context. Otherwise, like we are going to, you know, produce a society of either idiots of either reactionary people or either the kids are going to go and find it on their own and they're not going to have proper context. You know what I mean? But we have no context to the point we, we keep hearing about indoctrination. Indoctrination is happening in Florida schools. Yes. Our kids are being indoctrinated into ignorance. That is yeah. what the effect of these policies are. They, they, I mean, that's, that's going to be the next generation if we don't, uh, take this state back from the extremists, which is what we're fighting to do. Yeah, it's crazy. Like we have, be- I mean, we were always the party of free speech, right? And the side of free speech, if anything. But it's just crazy how the other side has just completely, while at the same time trying to, you know, still own the whole freedom thing, they are very open about their desire to suppress ideas that they don't like. It's just wild to me how the other side has just become so comfortable with suppressing ideas that they don't like, you know, and they just say it openly. And I don't know. It's just wild to me that where we, where we're at in this state it really is. There's this idea and uh, Carlos, I want, we, we should have you back on to talk about this because there's this idea in, in, in sociology. It's, it's like this concept that familiarization, um, breeds uh, tolerance right where and you hear this all the time anecdotally where somebody's raised in a particular culture uh, right wing or more regressive culture and they go off to college and they meet that they make their first gay friend or they make their first black friend and that's where it's like oh man all of that stuff i learned is bullshit but if you go to a college where all of the gay people and all of the black people have been scared out of the state and everybody all the administration has been cowed by like you know by the the the, the government to you know eliminate the talk about who they are and to not address identity and not address experiences like that then yeah you can get all the way up to be a 65 year old per, uh, adult and maintain those same reactionary viewpoints and never be challenged on it well and this is where we discover the motivation i think it's very clear what Republicans are doing because they're scared. They know that their policies are overwhelmingly unpopular with young people in particular, and they are running out of time. You know, young people are not into extreme abortion bans. They're not into anti-gay and anti-trans rhetoric. They're not into uh, censorship of our history and the overt racism that is coming from Ron DeSantis and his accolades in the Florida legislature. And so by doing an overhaul of higher education and of K through 12 in a way that is reliant on censorship, but also 
regime control of ideas yep. that are being presented in the classroom. Uh, they are they are trying to take control of something that they are losing control uh, with in the future, which which is uh, young people. Uh, graduating and being more open-minded about the world and rejecting these types of hateful policies, that is a threat to their power and they're trying to suppress it. And they're also trying to control what young people learn about because they think that they won't turn out uh, to (laughs) be so, uh, so opposed uh, to their radical uh, extreme ideology. So speaking of running out of time, we are up against the hour, and uh, we want to thank our guest today, who was Carlos Guillermo-Smith. He's running for Florida Senate in uh, District 17. You can follow him, and you should follow him on Twitter, at Carlos G. Smith, and contribute. Find out how you can help out. Figure out how to volunteer uh, over at www.carlosguillermosmith.com. Carlos, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, David. Yeah, yeah, and also volunteer volunteer, make calls for Carlo, knock doors, give him some money if you have some. Carlos is the real, real deal. And Carlos, if we can help with anything, as always, let us know. For let us we, know. We, we want you in the Senate. So thank you for your time and thank you for everything you do. We really appreciate Much you. Appreciate it. Thank you both. It was a great discussion.